Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Looking forward to this hour. We're going to be joined by Steve Russo in just a minute. And then J.P. Pakluda is going to be joining me as well in this hour. So that's what is ahead. I'm looking forward to talking to both uh, gentlemen. Steve, for example, happens to be a friend of mine. And we've known each other for a long time. Did a lot of prison ministry together. And he has dedicated his life to helping young people make wise choices. Don't you love him already? Steve, welcome back to the show. Hey, Bill, it's great to be with you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I always love catching up with you, finding out what is happening uh, with younger kids today and the choices they're making, and what is it like in uh, COVID to be doing your ministry? Oh, gosh. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) We've we've got about 20 minutes. Oh, well, you know what? Um, I was talking to another member of our team who's actually based in Arizona, and a couple big things come to mind. One is the need for community. Um, You know, we talk about how many hours, I think it's roughly nine hours a day before COVID, uh, young adults would spend, you know, on a screen someplace. And of course, it's more than that now because of trying to do school, but they're just hurting for community. Uh, They just, they want, they they want to be with other people. And it's funny because we utilize interns with our ministry. And what we're finding is the interns more and more each semester are asking us, hey, could, could we have a Zoom call? You know, it's like to me, I don't want another Zoom call. <laughs> I'm tired of Zoom calls. <laughs> but it's because of the community, you know, and then they'll, they'll text me afterwards and go, oh, man, it was just so cool to be with everybody. And, you know, it, it's just a, it's a real need that they have. And it's a challenge, you know, to try to meet that need in COVID. And I think the other key thing that, that people need to realize, um, kids, this is a prime opportunity to equip our kids to be influencers. No, say more. They, um, you know, we, we, I think the church is behind in, in thinking this through um, because, you know, we kind of, in a sense, you know, within in church, Big C, you know, you should be out there sharing your faith and why aren't you bringing your friends? And, you know, well, they want to, but they want to do it in a different way. And we have that opportunity. In fact, we started a, we tested it um, in between lockdowns in Arizona, something called Build Up. And it's for um, young adults, teens that are involved in music and the arts. So, you know, they could come and they could take guitar lessons from a professional. They could take drum lessons from me. They could keyboard, you know, on and on. You see what that is. And then for students that are into acting and drama, and even we did some sessions on those students who want to have their own YouTube show. And it's interesting because they are primed hmm. in, a, in a way that's never been before because they've, had, they've become so well-versed with social media, and YouTube is such a huge 
um, piece of their life now. And here we sit. What a great opportunity to equip students to share their faith in a, in a way that is relevant to their own generation. Um, we started, uh, you ask about doing ministry in the midst of COVID. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, we started doing, because events obviously went out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, school, school assemblies out the window. We're actually working on putting a virtual one together, because I don't think this is going away anytime soon. Um, and working with law enforcement and, and some of my uh, music instrument, you know, my drum sponsors and so on. But we started a weekly show uh, as part of our You Talk umbrella on Instagram Live. And the first month or so, we were talking about, oh, man, COVID, how are you going to get through it? And I went to my, my co-host and said, you know, I don't know you, I'm bored of talking about this all the time, you know? Amen. And if we're bored... Our audience is bored, so we opened up the the door in a sense, and we started inviting different. We've had comedians, we've had uh, Grammy winning DJs, we've had um, Emmy nominated actors, and um, what seems to be super popular is our younger entrepreneurs. Like we had a a girl on that was friends of one of our interns who at fourteen started her own. A fashion design company, and she's 20, and she's studying at the the big school in New York. But I mean, this girl is—it's amazing. We also had a a—he uh, just turned 19, entrepreneur who owns three businesses of his own. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just so you know, it's it's and in part what we can what we're saying we're offering a different avenue for young adults, a different place for them to go to get some community, to have some fun. Uh, you know, we had a comedian on one time. I mean, it's just. Uh, it, it's just something different. Yes, we'll talk about COVID. Yes, you can, you know, get away from it. Uh, we've had our psych, uh, um, psychologist friend, Dr. Josh Morgan, on with us and talking about uh, abuse. Unfortunately, uh, that's his biggest concern, interestingly enough, mine as well, over suicide. Suicide calls to, to, uh, uh, calls to suicide hotlines, I should say, have increased but the suicide rate has not increased. It's still as bad as it was, but it, it hasn't gone off the charts like some people have been saying it is. What's worse is the abuse, because in some cases, kids are being abused by somebody in the home. Well, they could escape that going to school. But now they're kind of locked down with that abuser. And, of course, everybody is just tense, you know, because of what this is, the the lockdown is doing and, and you know, taking our normalcy of life, whatever that is, away from us. So um, there's a lot of of, uh, interesting dynamics. I mean, I'm busier now than I was before when I was traveling. Wow. You know, because we're just trying to work on everything we can. We're just looking, and, and of course, it's great to have interns because um, then we get their, their stamp of approval in a sense of, you know, hey, we love what you're doing. Can we intern with you? Um, versus, oh, I have to have an internship. You're kind of like an option, <laughs> you know. But I, I love the affirmation from them, and I love the ownership. And it's, it's fun to, you know, they're supposed to come to us to learn, but we're learning from them as well. So it's a, it's a great partnership. So it's, it's a very interesting time to be working with students. And unfortunately, studies are saying students are bailing on church, I mean, in huge numbers. Um, so we're trying to stand in that gap. Obviously, we're not trying to be a church. God hasn't called us to be a church. Um, God has called other leaders to do that. 
but we want to stand in that gap and reach those kids that that are not being reached and those kids that have gotten disillusioned. Um, so we're constantly trying to get on the edge. We're launching a new YouTube program. Um, and off the record, but the first time I've said it publicly, we are launching a TV show. Fantastic. So um, we're really excited about that. Um, you know, it's we've got the first three seasons filmed. We're editing. We have a lot of interest. So um, it's very different. Um, one Somebody described it as Utah TV is E! Um, Daily Pop meets Ellen with a taste of James, James Corbin. <laughs> so, All right. That's quite yeah. a combo you got there. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting, you know, and, and somebody else has talked has described us as well, you're kind of like a sports talk show. But, you know, we're we're kind of all over the map, but um anyway, we're we're excited. So we're just doing everything we can within yeah. reason. Yeah. You know. Um but I, I like this developing influencers. You know, we um Anybody that's been in ministry, and especially student ministry for any, any length of time, knows we've always talked about developing student leaders. Now we're talking about leaders who are influencers. And by influencers, Steve, you mean what? Being able to say, let me show you, let me share with you, let me talk to you about, instead of clothing. I mean, we've got kids that are making serious bank on YouTube because they they just all they do is show try on these different you know it's mainly um, girls you know these different dresses or tops or whatever and companies are paying them to do that because they have so many followers. I see. So what we're saying is let's turn this around. Obviously, first step for us is we need to connect with and engage with students so we can influence them to consider living their life for and like Jesus. But then we want to take them to the point of saying now let's you influence your friends you talk to them you share with them you show them who jesus is that he's real and that he changes lives Mm -hmm. what about the kids that are quietly suffering maybe a little disconnected living on the fringe right now what, what advice would you give to the parents and the grandparents listening who secretly know that their 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 child or grandkids are are suffering a little bit first thing is listen to them we, as we've had younger, uh, you know, teens and, 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 and young adults on our show, both as guests and then when they connect with us or they ask a question or whatever, over and over and over again, we're hearing, we need somebody to listen to us. And listen openly and let them share openly with their struggle. Not, not interrogate them, not put words in their mouth, but listen to them and it may take a while before they open up because they're going to they're going to hold back um in a sense to test and say okay does mom dad grandpa grandma do they really do they really mean this or is this just some deal that they heard you know on the radio <laughs> some yeah. guy from California saying okay listen yeah. you know is this a um, technique they're trying what's that is this a technique they're trying on me yes exactly yeah Exactly. You know, and do they, because I, when young adults are telling us this, and I, I think that's true. I, I really do. I think we've become very poor listeners, but listen and give them the freedom to say whatever they want to say. It may hurt. 
They may want to point the finger and say, you're the reason I'm feeling like this, Mm -hmm. which may or may not be accurate. But as adults, it's like, suck it up and let them say that and let them process that. Um, And I think young adults need more opportunities to just share what's on their heart. Just share where they're struggling. That's what our show, You Talk, is all about. Mm -hmm. You Talk is about you talking to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Find, well, I'll throw that out there. Um, Encourage them to check out our show because it's an opportunity where they can make a statement or they don't even have to interact, but they can say, oh, I relate to this person. I understand what this person is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, this is these people are fun. They understand. Um, you know, they they know me. Oh, okay. They had we had a, a, one of the actors from Cobra Kai who actually plays one of the leads' son, and he's mm-hmm. fourteen. We had him on our show, and it was so fun. But what that says to young adults out there? Oh, these guys are cool. They had him on their show. He's on Cobra Kai. Wow. You know, it's, uh, so I think that's an option and, and, and other options like that. You know, when you can find places that, uh, the hard thing is saying, Hey, why don't you check out this Utah thing? Oh, great. Mom and dad. Okay. What's, you know, <laughs> what's, do we, we don't want to listen to some, you know, people that are trying to parent us from another angle, you know, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it has to be done subtly. But um, I think, you know, we're, we're finding that, that, I mean, we've got an audience in 110 countries now. Wow. That's um, impressive. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, yeah. it's, it's um, and somehow we, we've crossed a, uh, some kind of a threshold because on Instagram TV, they'll let you be on there for up to an hour and then it'll stay on Instagram. Excuse me. I should say Instagram live. It'll stay on there for 24 hours and it disappears, but there's also Instagram TV. And all of a sudden we realized, wait a minute, we're on Instagram TV, which means it's up there for viewing on demand. Nice. So, uh, you know, which is really cool, but listening, parents really need to listen, observe with an open heart. Mm-hmm. I've got a question for you. I do need to take a break. 117 countries. You're getting close to my popularity. <laughs> well, we're that's our goal. <laughs> okay, good. Let me take a little break. Steve Russo is my guest. Go to steverusso.com, R-U-S-S-O, steverusso.com. We'll be right back. My guest today, he is a dedicated guy. He wants to help people make good choices. So I like uh, like that about him and many other things. He's a very talented drummer, speaker, author. He does it all. And he's got a a channel called You Talk. Uh, Steve, do, do t- talk more about that. Help my sure. listeners understand how they access that. I'll pass sure, it on to their absolutely. kids and grandkids. Thanks, Bill. Um, first of all, we're on social media all of our social media is at you talk radio. So if you go to Instagram, you go to Twitter, you go to Facebook, whatever, it's always at, and that's you talk with a U, U T A L K. So you talk radio. And then our website is you talk again with a U, U T A L K radio.com. Sweet. And they can find, you know, they can listen to, uh, 
some of our things, um, you know, some of our podcasts. What we do is we rip the audio off of our um, Instagram live show and create podcast slash radio shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you go to YouTube, you can see our videos uh, where we've interviewed celebrities on at different red carpet events, things like this. And that's also where in the next couple of weeks we will launch one-on-one with you talk and these are conversations with different people you know from just all i mean we it's we just open it up we we want uh young adults to come going we don't know who they're going to have on this week but this is cool you yeah know? right right um it's it's uh, we had in fact we had one of our one of my equipment sponsors, Evan Drumheads. Uh, they shut down like so many other people did at the beginning of the pandemic. One of their designers, their chief designer, said, "You know, the same material we use for drumheads could be used to make face shields." Three days later, they had a prototype. Eight days later, they're manufacturing them. Now they're back open doing the drumheads, but they're also doing these face shields. And it was just a cool, tra- you know, thing that that you could have. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where students can say, oh, wow, this is really cool. So, um, but yeah, utalkradio.com and then at utalkradio. I'd love to have you guys check it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's it's someplace you can send your grandchild, daughter, or son. You can um, send your son or daughter there. Um, you know, it's a safe place, and uh, we don't position ourselves as a Christian show. We're all Christians, me and my two co-hosts and everybody involved in it. Um, but we're not, we're trying to stand in that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's funny because those people that have seen a little bit of our new TV show are loving it. It's, they're ecstatic about it. And again, we're giving biblical values. We're just not positioning ourselves as a Christian show. Unfortunately, it's it, that's a hard one to sell in this marketplace when it comes to uh, especially young adults and teens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we we want to connect with them and engage them first so then we can tell them more about who the answer is for our lives. Amen. I want to go back to something you said earlier about uh, listening, how important it is to listen. So maybe there is some counsel you can give parents or grandparents if while they're listening they hear something that scares them or upsets them? If you hear something that scares you or upsets you, step back, take a big, deep breath, and say, is this something they're telling me to get my attention? It may be. It may not be. And if you find out it is, something that greatly concerns you, but of course it's going to take a little time to unpack that. Um, Don't be afraid to reach out um, for some counsel with somebody that you respect, maybe somebody who has expertise working with adolescents. I think, Bill, sometimes, and this is going to, some people may bristle with this, we're too quick to say, look, just pray and read your Bible and everything's going to be fine. Mm Mm-hmm. People, especially young people, but adults as well, need somebody to walk through life with them when these storms come, uh, when these things happen. Um, But I would not, you know, don't lose control if you hear something, if you see something, don't interrogate them. And some may be listening now going, you know, I just don't even communicate. the easiest way to to begin this process is just ask them what they've been doing. 
How are they feeling? Just simple questions, and it may take a while to get them to open up. But um, we do have a God that is greater than any of our fears. Um, but as we pray to him, as we look in his word and see what do we do, um, and, you know, I think also going back to something that to me that's just fundamental in our faith is um, Jesus said, treat others the way you want to be treated. And we've got a lot of parents that are hurting, a lot of parents that are struggling. How would you want somebody to approach you to help you and attempt to do that with your son or daughter or mm-hmm. your grandson or granddaughter? Yeah, it's a challenging time in their life, and it requires a lot of patience. It really does. It really do. It's hard, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's easy. It, it, it's very difficult, especially now. It's so much more complicated. But it's worth it, because if they find out they can trust you, and that's another thing, you know, and, and don't broadcast this, please, moms and dads and grandpa and grandma, don't broadcast. If you need some help, that's fine, but keep it on the QT. Don't be broadcasting to the world, my son did this, my daughter did this. That's the last thing that they want. Mm-hmm. They want to know they can trust you because you respect them, and that's another, you know, listen, trust, respect, so important. Mm-hmm. And Steve, you would say with confidence that there's been some um, good things that have come out of this pandemic time where kids are rising and becoming influencers and making a difference for the kingdom. Absolutely, Bill. I, I I'm love just, hearing that. I, I'm so excited about that. I mean, to, we, like I said, we tested this thing called Build Up. We're, we're scheduling another one for next month, hoping that things will loosen up. In the, and they're actually a little bit looser in this one area where we're, we're looking at. But to see these kids, you know, their eyes open and, and realize they can do this and somebody believes in them and we give them the tools. We've got a very talented generation. We, we you know, it, it, it baffles my mind. The, um, the, the guy we had on our show, the, the 18, you just turned 19 year old entrepreneur is actually doing work with us now. Um, and it's just, it kills me how brilliant this guy is. You know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it, it really is. And, and there's other, you know, students just like him that are wanting to do something and wanting to, kids want to change the world. And that's a big part of what you talk across the board is all about. Let's, our question always is, are you mad? Are you making a difference? How can you make a difference? And with each one of our guests almost across the board, we will ask that question, you know, and when, when a student hears a Grammy winning DJ say, here's how you can make a difference. Um, and it's we always break it down. It's like, what can one person do right now? We know collectively we can do things, but from this vantage point where we are, and I, I, I'm excited because I think the potential is there if we can just develop it. And, um, I mean, nobody really likes what's going on, and I'm not thrilled with having to wear a mask all the time. I do it out of respect for others and myself and, um, you know, trying to be a good example. Mm-hmm. But there's so much potential with this generation. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I love it's it. scary almost. I love it. Steve, it's awfully nice to catch up with you. Thank you for making time today to be on the show. Oh, Bill, I always uh, make time for you. It's ah. always fun. I always have great conversation. And, and any time, I love catching up with you. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Steve Russo Thanks. has you been too. my guest. Go to steverusso.com to learn more about Steve. And also, you talk with the letter U. Take a short break and be right back.
Oh, love is in the air coming up here in the next six days. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And for those listeners who are in the single category, you might be wondering what what it's going to be like for you in this uh, Valentine's Day, maybe, or maybe in the next year or two. Uh, My guest right now is uh, J.P. Pocluta. He's the lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, but he was formerly the leader of the porch in Dallas, which grew to be the largest weekly young adult gathering of its kind in the country. And so he knows all about what's going on as far as singles in churches today. JP, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Bill. Yeah. I mean, let's uh, let's start with a couple of broad brushstrokes. What is going on with singles today in the church community? Well, just singleness in general. And, and I'll, I'll start with those that desire marriage it's the dating landscape's extremely challenging in the church, outside the church, you know, in, in the hookup culture, people sliding into DMs, people getting ghosted, you know, instead of breaking up or having the decency to have conversations with people, we just give them the silent treatment. There's some really amazing girls out there that just feel like uh, guys aren't asking them out. Um, there's a there's a challenge with, with what I call male passivity or, or apathy. But then I talk to my, my male friends who desire marriage, and they say, you know, we're asking girls out. They're just saying no. And so there seems to be uh, a really high standard that's that's happening. And, and then there's there's people that are going on dates, and they're just asking the question, well, how do I know when when I found the one? Like what's, what's going to happen? And really what they're doing is they're chasing a feeling because they don't have a, a list that you're trying to satisfy. They're just waiting till someone makes them feel a certain way. And then lastly, I would say a major problem in the church is that the church has elevated marriage above singleness. And, and we'll say things, you know, in the Proverbs, it says, whoever finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. But we forget that Paul said that singleness is a gift and that Jesus, who was the most complete human being ever to live, was also single, and he, in Matthew 19, says that there are those who choose that for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, and that those who can should. So he really, you know, elevates the call of singleness, too, and so they're both gifts. Marriage is a gift. Singleness is a gift. And so just trying to communicate that well is is one of the reasons I've recently created a resource called Outdated, where, where we just address those issues. JP, I'd love for you to talk about where we have gone in as far as the singles uh, uh, community and fellowship. I know the porch, you had a lot of people that attended this, and this was all around the country. There were sites where people were watching uh, the events on on video. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. So you got a lot of people. Now, uh, how many would show up at your church in Texas? So probably 4,000, wow. you know, anywhere between three and 4,000 there in, in person. But you're talking about another, you know, sometimes 50,000 online. It's hard to de- determine, you know, who's watching that live, who's who's watching it later. But, um, but yeah, just a, a large uh, in-person audience, but an even bigger virtual audience. Mm-hmm. Was there some tension with that group that size? I mean, was it cultivating a little bit of a of a, a singles market mentality? No, because I, you know, I think we did, you, you would always hear like the meat market and how do you protect yourself from that? And I think we just did a great job of, of saying, Hey, there's a, there's a part of this that, um, you, you get a thousands of singles in a room. That's, that's one of the biggest felt needs, 
but we were just we we would regularly like in the announcement cast a vision for just shepherding them well and saying hey if you're here to collect phone numbers you know just <laughs> let us know so that we can uh you know protect people from you and so that's that's not this kind of place mm -hmm. um we we want to have a healthy fellowship we're, we're here the majority of us are here uh because we love jesus and we want to see him exalted and if that's not you we're, we're glad you're here so that you might meet him um but but we're also we want to protect others from you and so we would we would talk have those conversations openly and honestly. Yeah. So JP, I'm thinking about the group that's assembling. So you've got probably some singles who have never been married. Probably have some divorced people. Maybe widows uh, and widowers. That sound about right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe some senior citizens, uh, or is it just really geared? Was your, was the porch really geared toward younger people? Yeah, mostly toward younger people. Okay. So you know, twenties and thirties. Yeah, so when you're trying to discuss um, singlehood in, in today's culture, uh, give me, like, what are some of the, the, the three most important things that singles should know? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I kind of touched on earlier is, is and again, let me just say singles who desire marriage, because if, you know, one is, is single, I want my single friends to know singleness is a gift. Right. And, and what Jesus says is that it's it's a gift to be used for the sake of the kingdom, and every, every people always want to know if they have the gift or not. And I've learned that I can I can I can know if anyone has the gift with one simple question. I, I can know for certain if they have the gift or not. And the and the question is simply, did you wake up this morning single? Because if you did, then you have the gift of singleness, and you have it today. I don't know if you'll have it tomorrow or a year from now. I don't know how long that gift will last. But I know that you have it today, and the reason that God has given you that gift is for His purposes. So I think it's really important to know that as a as a foundation. And then, if you desire marriage, you know the 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 best way not to find what you're looking for is not to know what you're looking for. And if you desire marriage, then you need to know what you're looking for. And I've learned in in talking with people that they really don't know. They they've heard things, you know, love at first sight, they're looking for a soulmate and and you know, you just know when you know. And I would say that's crazy. Like <laughs> if if you're a, a woman, you're trying to find a guy who would be a great husband and a great father. And so you need to to begin to make the 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 list of what the scripture says is true of a great husband and a great father so that you know when you find it. And and dating Dating is a relatively new idea. It's about 120 years old. It entered the English language about 120 years ago as a euphemism for prostitution. So prior to 120 years ago, nobody went on a date. Dating wasn't a thing. It's the modern phenomenon that we use in, in trying to find a spouse. And so what happens in the world today is people date for fun. They chase the manic highs and lows. They want all the feels. They're, they're trying to, to live you know, the, a, a reality show like The Bachelor in real life. And I would just say, hey, if you're dating, the the real reason that we date is to find a spouse. Like for no other reason, we're not dating for fun. We're, we're dating for purpose, to try to find someone to spend the rest of our life with. And so, if we're trying to find someone to spend the rest of our life with, we need to know what that what qualities that person should have, and then pray, ask God to help us to be attractive, uh, to find those qualities attractive. So, because most people, a lot of people, you know, they've rewired themselves through TV romantic comedies, pornography, addiction, all kinds of things to to be attracted to the wrong things. 
And and then lastly, I would just say, you know, you're not looking for a soulmate. Uh, you you you're not looking for a S O U L mate. You're looking for a soulmate, an S O L E mate, one mate for a lifetime. And and this this idea that you know there's one person out there for everybody, and you have to kind of try to find them like a needle in a haystack. You know that's crazy. Uh, for any follower of Jesus, there's there's a a small pool of people, the uh, followers of Jesus that you can choose from, and and we really you don't need to look outside of that. Um, that would be a waste of time. You you look within that small selection of people, and and in hopes to, and I say small, relatively small, in hopes to you know find someone that you can do ministry with for the rest of your life again if you desire marriage. So, JP, you must chuckle a little bit when you hear uh, pastors or teachers talk about the biblical understanding of dating. Yeah, well, because it's not in the it's not in the Bible, not anywhere. I mean, Genesis to Revelation, right? There's no, there's no, you know, biblical. There's, there's, they were doing, they were doing arranged marriages, which right. is, which is funny. I've caught some flack recently because I wouldn't say flack, but. I've had some questions because I'm actually doing an, an arranged marriage contest, which if you boil it down, it's, it's you know, you're sending somebody on a blind date. I have no desire to make somebody get married, nor can I. Right. But I can I can interview people and, and say, hey, I think this person would be a great match for this person. Mm-hmm. When I think of uh, Paul talks about his singlehood and he it would be encouraging for others to be like him. I often don't see those scriptures uh, serve as a sermon text. That's right, and and he's and he's just, you know, I, I I'd have taught First Corinthians seven, and really enjoy teaching it, and in fact, have have had some opportunities to travel to other churches, and teach that message, and Paul's just plagiarizing the words of Jesus in Matthew nineteen, where he says some are celibate for the sake of the kingdom, not everyone can accept this, but those who can, should, and so Paul's just expounding on on that idea. Talk about, uh, I want to hear more about your book, um, Outdated, and I want to, I know it comes out in early March, so it's going to be a great yeah. uh, opportunity for people to get their hands on it, but um, g- give me some more preview, because I haven't been able to look at it myself. Yeah, it comes out March 2nd, and it's, um, and so if you got it now, you you know, if you ordered it today, anywhere books are sold, Amazon, whatnot, you, you'd probably get it in time um for release and it's it's also great for parents that are trying to understand the dating landscape or if they have a child they're like you know i wish they would get out more what are the the challenges they're bumping into but with with dating today we have all the help of technology we have dating apps like tinder bumble other other things we have personality tests and compatibility tests strength finder myers-briggs disc you know, Enneagram, all of these things to try to help us to find someone. And yet it's harder than ever. It's harder than ever to, to find a spouse. And and people are getting married later. They're getting married less. And then the majority of marriages are, are, are failing. And when I say failing, you, you have a divorce rate somewhere around 50%. But also you have a, a, a large, a significant number of people that stay married but aren't happy. And so it's like, how are we moving the wrong way as it relates to this thing called marriage when we have more tools than ever to help us? And it's because, I believe it's because, Bill, we're we're taking our cues from the wrong people. We're we're listening to Hollywood, watching romantic comedies and reality Mm -hmm. TV shows, and the people with the highest divorce rates, the people 
that are the worst at marriage are the ones that are, are taking us to a university to show us how to date. And so what I've done is I've, I've pulled all the biblical principles out of the, the scriptures on relationships to, to, to kind of take us back to the basics, to really the, the book just gives really, really, at the end of it, gives really practical, like based on where you're at right now and what you desire, here's what you should do next, and then next, and then next, and then next. And so it, it's for anybody who's not married, um, for, for the, the you know, single person, the person who's dating, engaged couple, anybody who's who's unmarried, or anyone who wants to better understand the dating landscape of, of maybe their kids. That's who this book's written for. Wow, fantastic. Let me take a little break. Jonathan Pakluda is my guest. He's the lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. He's written a new book coming out early next month called Outdated. We're talking about the dating world for singles. We'll be right back. So glad to be talking to Jonathan Pakluda. He's the lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. His new book coming out early March is called Outdated. He was formerly the leader of the porch in Dallas, which grew to be the largest weekly young adult gathering of its kind in the country. So as we're talking about your book, Outdated, uh, maybe you can give us just a little bit more preview, Jonathan, and I've got a few more questions for you. Yeah, for sure. And so the, the book just, you know, basically kind of redefines the way that we look at singleness like we've we've already touched on and then it just dispels some of dating myths and so every chapter starts with with a lie and then kind of teaches the truth from the scriptures so you know a, a, a lie is like dating is for fun and while dating can be fun it's not the purpose of dating uh, singleness is a problem to be fixed would be another myth the myth of the one we're trying to find the one love at first sight um, that this idea that love is a feeling, and I would just say feelings are real, but they're not always reliable. And so we we have to find that love that's a commitment. Everybody's looking for a perfect match. The strategies that we learn from the world are those like playing games, ghosting, you know, not returning calls, waiting a certain number of times so you don't appear too eager. Um, uh, the, just all the myths around sex and, and the, the physical mistakes that people make, um, breaking up. We talk about that, uh, that you know when you know. And then, and then we wrap the entire book up with just this idea from Disney, this happily ever after. Which of that is – what of that is true and then what of that is, is deceptive? And so it just is it's, – it's a how-to-date well book. If you are single and you desire marriage – this is the book that I believe will help you find the contentment you're looking for, but also, I hope, the relationship you're looking for. Mm-hmm. JP, when you were running the porch, did you ever do um, polls or surveys to try to find out what, how this group would be answering specific questions? All the time. Okay. All I'm very time. interested yeah, so in would, what the results yeah. are. Yeah, so we would we would um, regularly put surveys before them. A- anything from Hey, what are your, you know, what movies are you watching? Just to try to figure out, like, culturally, how are they being influenced? Mm-hmm. To um, what are the biggest, you know, challenges that you face in the dating world today, which you know played a big impact on this book. The answers to some of those questions. Um, 
to, uh, you know, where you go for fun to, you know, what do you believe about certain things, theological topics. So we were regularly surveying them. So that was an, on a mass scale, but then also then individually in in meetings and conversations, I'd get to ask those questions. And additionally, I've had the opportunity to do dozens of weddings and premarital counseling as well as marriage counseling after the fact. And so just trying to to learn all I can. So this really has been a, this book, Outdated, has been a 10-year research project for me. And so much of ministry, as I'm sure you know, Bill, is is just pattern recognition. You know, you're seeing uh, people do different things, getting different results, and, and then just documenting that along the way. I'm curious a little bit more about your surveys. Do you, did you find that there were singles in the group that were um, sexually active, or were they waiting for uh, their wedding night, or did you ever get a read of what the the stats were of that? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, uh, vast majority of singles today are sexually active. Mm. The number's actually declining, interestingly, Which, but it, it is good. The reason why is not good. And so it's good that the number's declining, but the, the reason why is because of pornography and and just virtual um, the the pursuit of virtual pleasure is, is driving people kind of more behind the screen rather to a, an actual physical relationship mm. with somebody, and so it's it's those are some interesting trends. Uh, there there are people certainly just you know that that have um, pursued just faithful calling of Jesus. They they by the grace of God at an early age understood that God was worth trusting. His His word was right and true and. And um, and they they've dated or pursued singleness in a way that has honored him, but uh, but yes, the vast majority of singles. I mean, one in four uh, will have an STD hmm. at some point in their life. I mean, the, the statistics are are pretty grim in the the sexuality front. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine said that the only men that don't struggle with pornography are the ones who have never seen it. I was wondering yeah, how much of a topic that is when a singles group of that size, you know, yeah. what gets discussed, what questions get asked by women, yeah. uh, how do men answer this? Yeah, I think it's 72% of men, even including men in the church, have looked at pornography. One in three uh, of all viewers of porn are female, and it, it porn equates for about half uh, of the Internet. So if you think of the Internet like a pipe, about half mm, of the wow. traffic on that pipe is explicit wow. pornography. And because of my past, so I, I was uh, addicted to pornography. You know, I, I trusted Christ as an adult um, at 21 years of age. And so I have a lot of addiction in my history, alcohol, drugs, uh, sex, and porn. And and I always say nothing gripped me my life like pornography, internet pornography, everything else. When I became a Christian, I was able to walk away from my language changed, who I hung out with changed, what I did for fun changed, you know, the way that I'd party changed, all of that changed. But, you know, like a dog to his vomit, as the Proverbs say, mm-hmm. I would continue to go back to, to porn and until I had to go through recovery for that. And so for that reason, that being a part of my story, and because the scripture says so much about um, sexual sin, we, we would talk about that often and in and in you know as much detail as would be beneficial for somebody i'm not really i'm not the kind to to pull away or or to shy away from hard topics so mm-hmm. we can, were regularly talking about that mm-hmm. 
Do you find that singles are feeling marginalized in church today? For absolutely, okay. without a doubt. You know, I think they and, and what's crazy is what I would tell leaders of the of churches is they're the engine of the church. I mean, they you know when when Jesus wanted to change the world, you know, he recruited. 12 young adults, um, <laughs> most of them probably single, you know, and, and, uh, and so this, this is, they're the engine of the church. They, they are available. They want to do something bigger than themselves. They want to change the world. They want to be deployed. And the church just hasn't figured out how to do that. In fact, I, I, I'm not just trying to sell books here, but I, I did write another book called Welcoming the Future Church. That is all about that topic. Like how do we deploy single people through ministry today as as faith-based leaders. Mm-hmm. So churches really don't know how to handle singles today, for the most part? I think a lot of churches do not. That, okay. that's, that is correct. Yeah. So as this group of people are trying to find each other or trying to find a connection with each other, your observation is, and probably all is in your book outdated, uh, is that all of the, the new pieces of life with social media and the way people are choosing to meet each other has really entirely changed the landscape in the last 20 plus years. That's absolutely yeah. right. I think it's it's more challenging than it ever has to to find a healthy relationship, even though we have more quote unquote tools available to us. Mm-hmm. JP, what do you think about the the online connection? You go do people who are single always want to go to online to try to find somebody? Don't they want to try to meet someone in person? Yeah, I think it. I think it's uh, you know uh, unfortunately here to stay. Um, so dating apps, dating websites, mm-hmm. and I think you know the the Bible does not explicitly forbid it. Obviously, the internet didn't exist then. There were no apps that the Bible can address. But there are principles that you can apply. And so what I say when someone asks me, hey, can I, um, you know, do online dating? I would say you're choosing your problems. And um, the problems that you're choosing are the, the, the risks of anonymity, you know, going on a date with a stranger, which I don't recommend. And so, I, I, you know, profiles lie. It's so easy to, to misrepresent yourself through an, an online profile. And so I would say if someone is, chooses to date that way, that, that they should check references, you know, that they should try to find people that they both know in common. And, and uh, you know, I, wouldn't, I would not personally advise my kids or anyone that I shepherd to go on a date with somebody that you're not confident is, is pursuing Jesus. You know, mm-hmm, they, have, yeah. they have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. JP, what are some maybe spiritually abusive things that you've heard or you've heard uh, people say that w- was told to them, like m- things like, well, as soon as you're satisfied with God and God alone, then he'll bring someone special into your life. <laughs> that's like, a great, oh, yeah, that, that's that a big one. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one. I think anytime we say something to try to obligate God to do anything, <laughs> it's just at that point, we are God, right? That, and he, that That's such a dangerous theology. And the world that we live in has fallen, so you never know. You, it's just dangerous to tell anybody, hey, when you do this, this will happen. Yeah, because good point. you may do this, and then you may get cancer, and, and a thousand things may happen. And so I, I think we want to focus on faithfulness, not faithfulness for a return. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think so those spiritual abuses 
come usually in the form of legalism. And the way that I define legalism is adding to the Scripture. So taking wisdom principles and making them absolutes for everybody. So like it may be a wisdom principle that I don't have an iPhone, right? Um, because of my past, because of my struggles, like that, that may be wise for me. But if I say you can't be a Christian and have an iPhone, then I'm in, in the sin of mm. legalism uh, because the scripture does not forbid that. And that's why I handle the question like online dating the way that I do is just like, hey, wouldn't be my preference. I, I don't I don't really want my children to do that, but the scripture does not forbid it. So I just think we have to go about it in a wise way applying the scriptures that we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, another abusive thing the church has done is 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 one that we've I know we've addressed now, but just made marriage the goal. You know, and yeah. marriage is not the goal. Jesus was not married and and you can do really effective ministry. Paul says more effective ministry as a single person. Yeah. And so marriage is good, but singleness is good as well. Yeah. Jonathan Pakuda has been my guest, and his book is called Outdated, out March 2nd. That wraps up our show for the day. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com. 